Welcome, welcome, welcome uh, to the podcast, What's Your Favorite Song? I'm your host, David Ashley. Uh, what I want you to do for me is a favor. I want you to hit that subscribe button, okay? And if you have the time, go ahead and rate us. And, you know, as always, uh, share the podcast with two people. Just share, just throw them the link of your favorite episode or this episode or whatever. And uh, I'll be greatly, you know, I, I, I will greatly appreciate it. Um, also, come by the Instagram page. Go and follow the Instagram page. We're trying to get the word out, right? Uh, this helps with, you know, obviously on my behalf, I have to get the word out. But, you know, I'm asking if you like the episodes, if you listen, um, then, you know, if you have it, if you're new, hit that subscribe button. And if you like it, um, even if you don't like it, really, I don't really care. Just tell two, pe- tell two people about it. They might like it. You can't tell them what they're going to like. You know, don't withhold this greatness from them, all right? Um, so, um, yeah, so on today's show, we have Eris Meyer. Um, he has a, a you know, interesting story. Um, he escaped what was kind of like a, a a cultish situation, sect of a, a, a you know, of a, of a religion and uh, that he got into through his uh, through his dad. And it's a great story. Great story. We get, you know, some conversation in there. And um, yeah, so hopefully, you know, you all will enjoy it. And um, I was on Eris podcast uh, a little probably about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And um, so now, you know, he's on mine and um, good dude, man. We have a we have a rather lengthy music conversation at the beginning, you know, uh, music questions conversation at the beginning. And, um, you know, just all, all in all, pretty good interview, man. I appreciate all the feedback I got from from you all on um, my episode about uh, Aunt Sharia, uh, about Sharia last week. Uh, you know, that was my homie, as you, you know, as you know, if you heard heard the podcast. And, and again, thanks to April, um, April Atwater, the commercial queen. <laughs> I will find another nickname for April, man. Commercial queen sounds too generic, but. You know, you you can always catch Oprah. uh, Oprah. Oh, Lord. You can always catch April uh, on somebody's commercial. So Um, let's see. What else? What else we got? Uh, Man, my back has been on fire, man. You know, I've been you know, I've been worked in a few days just trying to, you know, kind of nurse it. And uh, (laughs) I feel like it's getting worse. I'm like, Lord, (laughs) what's happening? But uh, no, it's, it's getting better though. the last couple of days. All right. We're going to get right to it. The next voices that you hear will be that of uh, myself and Eris Myers. Hey, go. How about this? Stop by um, Bill Gates. I'm sorry. Yeah, Bill, not Bill Gates. I'm sorry. But Warren Buffett's IG um, page. It, he's got an interesting, you know, a guy on there is just, you know, talking about goals and stuff. So check it out. Let me know what you think. And uh, let's get it. One. So, as promised, the next voices that you hear, that you heard, that you're hearing, David Ashley, and I have another guest today. His name is Aries Myers. Hope that I'm saying it right. Um, you know, this this a brother in the struggle, <laughs> one of my white brethren, um, who, you know, I consider as an ally, 
Um, you know, we've had conversation. I was on his podcast, the Aries Meyer podcast. Go check that out. That episode was really good. Um, we got to get into some stuff and he let me know some stuff that I said, Hey, you have to come back to my podcast so we can talk about that thing. And I'm sure we'll get into it. Um, you know, uh, a Wu-Tang affiliate, you know, all LA, all LA sports, you know, um, uh, we're going to get into it. I'm going to skip the preliminaries. Uh, Aries Myers, Aries Meyer, black folks put S on everything. I'm sorry. Aries Meyer. <laughs> Is it Ari or Aries? It's it's Aris Meyer. Yeah. Aris. I, yeah. I had both. I had both wrong. Aris Meyer. Sorry hey, about that. It's all good. Much love to you, man. Thank you for having me on here, man. Hey, no problem. So, so blessed to coming. be here. I know. Hey, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Work, work is back in full swing. Life is is slowly uh, coming together. You know, if it's not one thing, it's another. If it's not COVID tanking my life, it's the Lakers. So, you oh, know, I'm going man. through it. One thing I, I saw that you it posted something about um there were two wolves. One was a baby wolf with one arrow in the back, one was a big wolf with like eight arrows in its back. And it was like life doesn't get easier. You just begin you just become stronger, man. So it's it's that was something that I needed to hear because it's just like, yo, it's if it's na- if it ain't one thing, it's another. Uh like like uh like Frankie Beverly and them say. So we're gonna get we're gonna get right into it, you okay. know. The name of the podcast uh, is called What's Your Favorite Song? So that's first question I'm going to ask you. What is your favorite song? Man, it's it's funny because you, you sent me the, the questions before we started. And right. like when it comes to music, uh, those those questions are so hard because music is, is like seasons of your life, right? It's like the soundtrack of your life. A certain song, when you feel it, you can just, you can feel a moment. You can feel love. Hate. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. just. Yeah, so um, I'm just just trying to think like, what, what is my favorite I, I, song? You know, Am listen, I- this is why I, I did it because I, I had to realize it just because I had a favorite song, and once I start asking everybody else, they'll be like, I don't know, it's too, it's impossible. And I was like, oh, everybody doesn't have a favorite song, so I like mm-hmm. to kind of stump people with this and just kind of yeah. help them think. So you can give me like a top two or three, or uh-huh. you know, from well, from the past or right now. Uh, okay, I mean every 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 song obviously has an explanation, but to me the most transformative important song in my life was Tupac Changes. Come on, come on. I see no changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself, it's like worth living. Should I blast myself? I'm tired of being poor and even worse, I'm black. My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. Cops give a damn about a Negro. Pull a trigger, kill a nigga. He's a hero. That was the number one. Okay. And um, yes, I know, I know, you know. Part of it is from another song. I wonder if Heaven Got a Ghetto. Yes, I know that. Historians, you don't have to add me. Hilarious. Right, um, right, right. Because <laughs> they always do. But uh, yeah, it's just there's so much encapsulated in that song uh, that this just makes me feel like a like a seen human being. He's talking about love. He's talking about hate. He's talking about growth. Yeah. He's like, like just the essence of being a struggling human being is, is in that song. Yeah. And um, I heard it in a time in my life when I was young, going through some things, trying to find out who I was as a person. And um, I mean, Tupac as a, as a person, I resonated with almost immediately his complete yeah. humanity, you know, being a thug, being in love, being an actor, a poet, but also like, fuck these fool. Like, I just yeah. I really I really identified with him as a person. So yeah. Tupac changes like to me is 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 probably my favorite song. I see. Oh, that's great. That's yeah, a great, that's a great answer. OK, um, Pac was, you know, Pac was Pac, man. Pac was dynamic. 
He was, you know, he's the reason why we're still talking about him. He's the reason why you can still get in a heated debate about whether you love or hate him, however mm-hmm. many years later, right? And he was famous for four years, for maybe five, right? We, you know, depending on where you count it. And just for us to still be in that realm, in that mode, talking about this person who died when he was, what, 26, mm-hmm. it's just, there should be no argument once you bring that up. It's like, wait. That was Pac. We're still talking about him. He's still, yeah. you know, and then not just in one way. We're talking about somebody who ultimately got, you know, was a life ended for getting shot for the second time. But he shot people. He's been shot. He was an actor. He was a poet. He was friends with Jada Pinkett. Like, it's Pac, you know. Like what 50 said, I like me. I want him to love me like they love Pac. You know yes, what I mean? So, so anyway. Um, I, so, I feel like number- every generation has an artist that died young, that was almost like the 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 hero's journey that that generation was trying to follow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it was a, yeah. a I don't know, there, there's just so many like actors and artists and poets that 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 lived so like brilliantly and then disappeared. Right. And, then and uh, right. it's just an inspiration for a generation. Tupac's definitely yeah. that person. Absolutely. I see kids now with the Tupac shirts and I'm like, you fucking, you don't know. Right, but, at all. But I still love it. At all, but you know, anyway, shout out to Dre who played that. Um, you know, who got to play a little bit of that on piano at the at the, at the tell, tell me you didn't think when he started Life Goes On, you didn't think that the hologram was coming. Oh, I, I, I was fully aware, I was like, Oh, so this is about to happen. I didn't know how it was gonna fit with, with everybody else, <laughs> yeah, who still had to perform, but I was like, Oh, okay, it's about to happen, but you know, it yeah. did, but um. I just thought of another lyric. Ladies love me a long time like Tupac soul. Yes, sir. <laughs> so check it out. Um, what's your what's the first album that you owned or bought? Okay, so th- this is kind of a funny story, right? So I, I grew up really poor. My my dad didn't really listen to music, so all the music that I I ended up hearing in my in my formative years were one from a, a Beatles mixtape that one of my teachers gave me in fifth grade because we were doing a sing along. And then two was music from, I, I grew up going to the Boys and Girls Club basically because I was a latchkey kid. My dad's an immigrant dad. He was always working. My mom left when I was a baby. So I was at the Boys and Girls Club all the time. So I was listening to, if you're from Southern California, you know K-Earth 101. When I was young, they were playing The Temptations, anything Barry Gordy, Marvin wow. Gaye. So those were like, the, that's the, like, when I grew up learning music, that's the music that I learned. Wow. Fast forward to... um you know, I never had a, a tape deck. I never had a CD player, nothing. So one Christmas, my grandma bought me a CD player, you know, like the old school walk around with it, motherfucker skipping all oh, the time. Absolutely. And she doesn't know what kind of music I like or whatever. Right. So she buys me like a it's it was almost like a compilation CD, like a now that's what I call music, you know, like one of those. Wow. Yeah. And it yeah, had like yeah. the top hits from each genre. Right. <laughs> well, they had a, a song in there called a number G thing. And I had never heard it before. So, you know, I put that shit on and my fucking like 
I just felt like a like a vibration go from my head to my toe. Like like I just was like, whatever the fuck this is, this is my shit. Like I could wow. I felt it. It was funky. It was fresh. It was masculine. It was like I don't yeah. know how to explain it. Because no, all yeah. the other shit on there was like the pop, you know, whatever songs were poppy at the time. But my first CD ever, I was like a mix. It was a mixtape, and I just listened to that one fucking track, track seven. I still remember over wow. and over and over again until that motherfucker started skipping. Um, That's wild. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and you know, to that point, I mean, G thing changed the the tempo of 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 songs that came on the radio after that, right? It was like G thing, and then everything else started getting slower. With I forget how many ever BPMs, but it was um, you know when you when you listen to what that song did, what that album did, to what that song did to the radio, what Dre did to the radio is incredible. So that was wild. It it's wild that it hit you. Like that, man. What was the first? What was the first um, one that you, if you can remember, that you bought on your own? The first, C- okay. <laughs> Don't at me. The first <laughs> CD that I ever bought with my own money was Black Street, Another Level. Let's do And I played that mean? motherfucking album <laughs> infinity times. I was, oh, I was, man. I was walking to school. If you need a fix, oh my god, don't leave me, girl. I oh mean, I was fucking god. hitting it. That was my album, like. So now I these can't kids, when I go you to just hit that, don't leave me, girl. I am. It's yo. my shit. It's my shit to this day. I, I'll go to the club and they play No Diggity, like that shit just came out, and I'm like, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know listen, about Teddy. Man, like, you, you don't, don't know. know about Teddy. Teddy's. Yeah. Listen, I talked to uh, a young lady the other day who didn't. I was trying. I told her about my podcast. And then I told her my favorite song. And she was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I said, wait. I said, do you know Teddy Rod? She was like, no. Because my favorite song, anyway, you're going to hear me say it a million times, is Goodbye Love by Guy. Okay. Mm, that's and a good that's, song. That's, that's almost the beginning of Teddy Riley. But that's my absolute favorite song. So I said, do you know who Teddy Riley is? She was like, no. I said, oh, no diggity. She was like, oh, I know that song. So Teddy Riley's through line through music is is ridiculous you know what i mean so no that's that's beautiful that's beautiful that's beautiful tell you don't know teddy yo i want to they don't and you know i was listening to that album i was in love you know with fucking eight girls at the same time you know how it is when you're young and i'm just trying to get all my my life notes from this album like how do i dress how do i talk to a lady how do i how do i I dance teach me teddy teach me oh teach me i mean that was that album i borrowed it from rashonda uh yizzy gary you get i'm sorry rashonda i got your name wrong your last name wrong i borrowed the tape from her and she was trying to help me get with this girl named leilani Mm -hmm. who was the first girl like phone number i ever got leilani's sister to this day is one of my best friends uh shout out to to hypatia so uh yeah i just music man i i love i live for the way music sparks memory for it for for certain moments man absolutely let me can i tell you a funny a funny memory story you know how you know how there's just songs that'll transport you to a moment of your in in your life that's just you'll never forget Uh, i remember the moment a song made me a man bro i'm gonna tell you this moment right here i was in seventh grade in middle school i had just started middle school 
when I talk to girls, I, you know, girlfriend, kiss, hold your hand. That was it. Absolutely. I never thought of a woman in a sexual way. I never thought yeah. of a woman as anything else than like, I'm going to write poems to you kind of thing. <laughs> this high school dance team comes to my school to do like a, like a, a dance performance, whatever. Motherfucking Il Nana starts. Mm. Jay-Z, Foxy Brown. And my fucking mm. I, the girl started dancing and I became a man in that moment, bro. <laughs> so to this day, whenever I hear El Nana, I just like I remember like my entire world <laughs> changing. Oh no. So it is, when I think of the song, I don't think like oh cool, top ten hit, you know, but oh, no, I think is. of like beautiful, beautiful women like gyrating and dancing. Right. So oh, yeah, it's, that was it's a, crazy that was how songs do that to you. Because dog, ain't no coming back from that moment. You are now nope. a changed person. No, nope. sees life way more different than than you did thirty seconds ago. Yep. That's amazing. Foxy and Jay Z changed my life, man. Foxy and Jay Z. Um. So, and and another impossible question, depending on how much how you listen to music, what's your favorite album? So this this question for me specifically is hard because, um, I didn't grow up with albums. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I grew up kind of listening to music on the radio. My fifth grade teacher, we sang Beatles songs, so he gave me a CD, uh, uh, a tape, a cassette tape with a bunch of Beatles songs he had recorded. So I, I, and then you know, as I got older, I would buy CDs slash steal CDs. Shout out Warehouse Music. Man, um, let's get it. And then, um, yeah, downloading, you know, LimeWire. So it was just crazy. Oh, the LimeWire. Oh God. You know, uh, Bear Share, all that shit. So I never really listened to album albums. I only had a few that were actual front to back albums. So okay. to me. The album that I listened to the most was probably um, Jay Z, The Blueprint. Was just phenomenal. That album from front to back. Uh, Common B. Front to back, yeah. phenomenal. Um, Tupac greatest hits, which I don't. I'm assuming that's cheating because it's the greatest hits album. Oh, it's definitely cheating. But, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I had to buy that multiple times. And then finally, um, Lauren Hill, Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Got it. Perfect. Man. Front to back, perfect. Second episode perfect. in a row where that is mentioned in somebody's favorite albums. It is. Yeah, it's, it's a masterpiece. It's a she's masterpiece. the goat, bro. She's yeah, the goat. she's she's on her. Frankie Beverly and Maze tight run is 20, you know, 24 years now without another, I guess, proper studio album. Yeah, she and had the, the acoustic, which was really she good. She had the acoustic joint, you yeah. know, but it's like, yo, she's still touring off that album. I've seen her twice. Yeah. You know, and uh, all right. So, what was your first concert? So, <laughs> my first concert was I was. I was pretty young and I didn't, I didn't have, I grew up poor, so I didn't have money to go to concerts. And yeah. I had one rich friend in our, in our friend group. And he, his dad bought us tickets to go to see, uh, it was called the Anger Management Tour. And it was Eminem, Ludacris, Exhibit, and then Papa Roach, which I didn't care about. So it was like a, like that kind of tour, you know, where they have a bunch of artists. And this is when Eminem had just popped off and was just, just the fucking, uh, the the biggest you could get. And uh, I was, to be honest, I was more excited to see Ludacris because his first album was fucking 
Yeah, joint. it was joint. dope. It was joint. Dumb. Was that chicken uh, and beer? Is that the name? Oh, the Moe's. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. crazy. Yeah, um, okay. So I, I I go there and actually for me it was kind of it was kind of like good, but also disheartening because when I went and saw Eminem, I was so fucking excited. I knew every word to every song. But he, when he wrapped up there, he had a a, a track of his own music playing behind him, oh, which was so disappointing one. to me. Because oh, okay. I was like, rappers rap. They're just going to play the beat, and then he's going to rap right. shit. So yeah. I was like, dude, I could fucking do karaoke yeah. at this point. That's fun. I mean, that's what yeah. that's what Jada said, you know, to 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 kind of win the dip oh, yeah, versus. You know, he was like, yo, you could go to you could go to iTunes. Yeah, Jada, you could go to fucking iTunes in your car. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. There was a lot of artists I saw later that didn't do that. That like were like I really was like impressed with and excited to see. Um, but yeah, that was my first concert. And I mean, it was as a kid, like, fuck, come on. Like yeah, Eminem you know. was god godlike at that time, you know. Yeah, yeah. Eminem was wild, man. Um, I kind of use I use the forgot about Dre verse like when I when I want to. Like when I want to get loose, like with you know, when I want to get my mouth and my you know everything loose, I uh-huh. use that verse to just to try to get some energy up. You know, I use you know the, the Dre uh, verse or the M verse. The M verse, yeah. So what do you say to somebody you hate or anyone trying to bring trouble your way? It's just it's a lot yeah. of syllables and it kind of helps me get get Joking ready. With Charleston Chew, ticket, ticket, ticket. Yeah. What Slim? T- <laughs> How did it set a twin baby? You can't say this. <laughs> Mercedes Benz with the windows up and the temp goes up to the mid eighties. Yeah. Call it, man. What are you doing, uh, Marshall? Yeah. I missed that Eminem. Honestly, like after I think it was his fourth album. After that, he started rapping different and doing these like weird voices and inflections. Yeah. Where he oh, I talk like these now, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Eminem to me is just somebody who's you know how a kid. When a kid starts to act out, that me, you know, that means they're bored mm-hmm. and they don't have enough to do, and you have to move them up. Em is kind of too, like he's a rap god, but he's a rap nerd. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I've done this, I have to keep moving, in my opinion. Yeah. And that that moving, people want you where they want you, so they don't want you to keep. And it's kind of hard because when he raps now. It's like okay, we get it. You can rap Eminem, but if he gives you a a regular, what's regular, right? But if he gives you a regular bar, a regular verse, we'll yeah. be like, what, what? No, we want Eminem. <laughs> so I think he's in a, I think he's in a tight spot, man. Yeah. So, hey, what is your, what was your favorite concert or concert that you think was the best? Oh, so so that's also a two pronged answer because there was that's my good. favorite and then there was the best. The best was I'm a, I'm a big fan of Brother Ali. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's from Rhyme yeah. Stairs, yeah, Albino yeah, Man. Yeah. Uh, the name of this song is Uncle Sam. God damn it! It's a show tune, but the show ain't been written for it yet. Um, I just I really fuck with his positivity, his life journey, um, and kind of the way that in his journey he's identified more with people on a heart level than on a skin level. And a race level, and he can really, he's really open to anyway. I I like him a lot. And um, when he was doing his his second tour, he was at this little this little place in uh, Pomona called the Glass House, and it was dope because it was like maybe thirty people and just him doing his songs on stage. And afterwards, he was just kicking it, and I got to talk to him for like twenty minutes. And he was like, he was rapping, rapping, which I appreciated too. Yeah, yeah. So that was like my favorite because it was like it was so intimate with the artist that I really liked. Mm -hmm. Um. But the the best was definitely 
uh, I used to live with these these two guys, both named Julian, and uh, one of Hilarious. one of their girlfriends, Shannon. Yeah. So um, for a birthday present, they got me tickets to to a show, and uh, they didn't tell me for a while who it was, and then eventually they told me it was Lauren Hill at the Greek, and I lost my oh. fucking mind. I was like, Yo, that's like Wait, seeing a god. Is that the one where Nas came out on his birthday? No. no oh, I okay. I saw. But, I saw. When I saw her at the Greek, Nas came out. It was his Damn. birthday, and they did "I Rule the World." Oh, that's dope. That's dope, though. Yeah, that's it was. Cool. It was um the diaspora tour. So all of her openers were from different different diasporas. You know, different parts oh, of the world. So it was, it was cool. But um, so we get to the Greek. He, he they didn't show me the tickets or anything. We get to the Greek. We go into to the you know where you're sitting. Wait, you found out at the Greek? Yeah. Oh, that's so. Incredible. So and I'm losing my mind because you know, like I said, I I lo- I'm in love with her. Her voice, she yeah. could. She, I don't care if she doesn't want white people to buy her albums. I'm gonna buy ten and uh, change my screen name. I don't care. I love her. Um, so we get there, and you know, when you go to the Greek, you go in and you can go left, which is down towards the stage, or right towards the upper seats. Mm-hmm. And you know me, I just started walking right because go right, my boy. Right. You know, whatever. I'm just happy to be there. I'm happy like, to be here. One of my buddies, Julian, he grabs my shoulder and he turns me towards the stage and he says, "No, we're going this way." Yeah, bro. We we were like four rows from the front oh that's beautiful i i i could have been like lauren i love you and she could have heard me like it was it was <laughs> it blew my mind bro oh it that's great oh that's yeah. amazing that's and amazing. people are right she is always late and she, she does speed up her songs which i don't really like because i want to sing along but i'm just yeah. happy to be in her presence and just take in the essence yeah like, yeah listen I, I keep telling people i said listen i've seen her twice she was on time both times now people be like, "What? You look?" I'm like, "Hey, I'm just throwing it out there." You know, <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> just uh, even though I know people have you know waited a long time, but I'm like, yeah. I'll say to them, I say, "Wait, what she say on on Nas's album?" They clearly didn't understand when I said I get out. Apparently, my awareness like Keanu in the Matrix. I'm saving souls, and y'all complaining about my I'm saving lateness. souls, and you talk about my lateness? I'm like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, whoa, oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe I, you know, overstated. So, um, great. That's great. So, how about this? Let's just get into this part. Where are you from? I am from uh, Southern California, from a city called San Clemente, South Orange County. Okay, okay. And um, and that's where you grew up, or did you grow up? Uh, like, where did you grew up in San Clemente? Yeah, I grew up in San Clemente, and I lived there until. I graduated high school and then uh, I did two years of like, or a year of like missionary work. And then after that, I lived in Oakland for two years and then back down to LA for since then. So it's okay. in LA since around 2004. And, and where was your missionary work done? Well, it was done all around America. We lived in okay. vans and kind of sold trinkets um, yeah. for, for the church slash religious organization I was a part of. Oh yeah. We're going to get, oh, we're going to get that. <laughs> And um, okay, and just describe your upbringing right quick. So um, my my dad is French. He moved here before, obviously, me and my brother was born because one of his fraternal twin brothers or his fraternal twin brother lives in Orange County. And then he met my mom, who's from Newport Beach and had me and my brother, Jove, my younger brother. And then she kind of had drugs and alcohol and other stuff going on. So she she left when I was maybe three, three or four. Wow. And she's always been in the periphery. She's always been around, but she uh, kind of chose the other stuff over me. So mm-hmm. growing up, I always felt like kind of very lonely, very unloved. And, um, you know, my dad's a great dude, but he was always working. So I was just kind of by myself a lot. 
and um you know very vulnerable like when i talk to other kids i went to elementary school with they're always like yeah like you were nice but you never talked to anyone you kind of kept to yourself and you know like i was just intimidated like where do you, yeah. you feel unloved like yeah yeah who do you you know who do you approach yeah. everybody's a potential heartbreak yeah so, yeah you know okay oh that's and, interesting you know i didn't how, have how a, was, a mother's love to to teach me that i was loved have have you been able to and, and forgive me if i don't know any of this but have you been able to reconcile that with her is she well so so she had she had four other sons and wow. uh, my half brothers i love them very dearly um and she's still on the same path that she always was doing the same things okay. but we've we've carved out time where i've told her i for, i've forgiven her because okay. i had to let that out of my heart got it um i don't think she's forgiven herself but um we don't have any kind of normalcy like we don't do holidays we don't happy okay. birthdays there's no okay you know she'll text me every now and then but there's no relationship wow okay okay now do and on that front do you think that do you see it at, i mean you you just said that you felt like she chose that over you mm -hmm. is, is it is it that or is it or do you at all see it as she wasn't strong enough to overcome the those other that other stuff well, that I think that part of me forgiving her was because when as I got older, learning about her family and her history, wow, um, okay. I was able to see it from the perspective of uh, if I walked in those shoes, how would Got I it. be? Got um, it. So I think that just like so many things in life, uh, everything is a reaction to something, right? So Absolutely. she went through a lot of things. She was physically assaulted, sexually assaulted when she was young. She had a, a parent that was very hard on her. You know, she had her own set of things. So I think that when she had me and my brother, I don't think A, she was necessarily ready to be a parent. Got it. Um, and, and B, you know, she had a lot of things that were just unresolved, trauma, whatever, whatever. And Got also, it. I was a baby. I wasn't. I didn't see the conversations between her and my dad, the dynamic. So, you know, everyone's always going to tell you something different. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah, okay. Like I'm, I'm still dealing with a lot of the things that, that happened from my childhood. But yeah. as an adult... Yeah, I, I opened my heart and I said, look, just like anybody else in life, like we have to empathy and compassion are, are really. Absolutely. Absolutely. Was there any, uh, I guess, therapy to get you closer, you know, uh, you know, in a better mind space? Or do you believe in there? Like what was with, that? With, with her, you mean, or in general? Well, just with dealing with what, uh, you know, like you said, feeling unloved and yeah. getting to a space of forgiveness. How I'll, did you get to that place? I'll, I'll tell you what. And um, I think it's part of the reason that I am the, the person I am today. When I was younger, I was looking for any kind of guidance, right? And the first book that I read, like I, I liked reading a lot because I, I didn't bother other people when I was reading. I was in my own world. And I remember as a kid reading the autobiography of Malcolm X. And mm. that book drastically changed my perspective of the world and of myself as a person. Um, and yeah, if you're listening, I'm, I'm a white guy. My, my, my heritage is all from Europe, yeah, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever. Um, but the way that Malcolm's journey unfolded where, you know, he, he was this un unwanted hustler, drug dealer, did everything yeah, yeah. for himself and then couldn't find fulfillment there. And he just hit rock bottom in his life and then was, was raised by Elijah Muhammad to like have pride in himself just because he was a child of God, just because he was a person like his, his value was from the inside. It was, it was God given. It wasn't like bestowed on him. It wasn't yeah. given to him by yeah. others. Anyway, his his journey was just so inspirational to me just reading this book and, and kind of taught me like, 
how to be a man, how to treat other people, how to love myself, how to forgive other people. Because in the journey, Malcolm also goes through and forgives all the people that, that hurt him along, along the way, you know, his, his ex bosses and drug dealers and wife, ex wife, every, everybody. Wow. Okay. Um, Okay. And and that helped you kind of get through. That was one of the ways. Yeah. yeah. it It was attaching myself to people that I saw myself in. And it's also the reason I attached myself to Tupac and I attached myself to DMX. Those people became my teachers because they also showed me that, that humanity, the duality of a person, fuck Mm -hmm. you. I love you. Um, Women are everything. Women are bitches. Like there, there's just every part of a human being. There's no, like, everything's a shade of gray. You know what I mean? Yeah. I saw myself in them. So by reading, things like that and listening to 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 music from people like that uh i think i i was i was guided you know by by my elders even though i didn't know them their stories guided me you know Um, that's good that's 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 beautiful between that and then just you know like people people investing in me adults teachers um peers you know i had like there was a girl that i grew up with who was like one of my best friends and she was kind of like abused by her parents and we would just get together and listen to music and write poems and, you know, just be together. And I feel like life gives you angels like that, no matter what your, yeah, what your situation is. P- partners that help you, you know, like two puzzle pieces that connect to help you become yeah. stronger. Help you guide so, through. That's beautiful. Yeah. I never had like official therapy. I never had anything like that. I just, I've just had so many experiences in my life that have helped me heal and build. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Now, now how, how was, um, all right, so you're this kid that clearly is, you know, this this. Uh, how was the area that you grew up in? What was the the makeup and and like you're <laughs> you're you're a white kid listening to hip hop. Yeah. Okay. So and not just great. listening to hip hop, but you're no, immersed love, in, love in the culture. Yeah. Well, how does that it, play out with your relatives, with your friends? Like, how <laughs> does that? So, for, firstly, the music that I grew up on at the Boys and Girls Club was. Sam Cooke, The Temptations, Marvin Gaye, yeah, that's odd. Motown. You know, that's that's the music that like before hip hop. That that's the music that I loved because it was just about love and dancing and fun and good energy. And yeah. you know, I would listen to. I wasn't I wasn't religious for 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 most of my life until later when my dad joined the church. But I would listen to Marvin Gaye, His Eyes on the Sparrow, and Sam Cooke. A change is going to come. And I didn't really know what the fuck they were talking about, but I could feel inside me that. Um, I have this pain and this 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 heartache and this loneliness and that there's some some something they're saying something about how to fix it and I could feel that shit. So that's yeah. how that's how those those songs spoke to me when I was young but um San Clemente is a mostly uh white and Hispanic but it's right next to Camp Pendleton uh, mil- uh um marine base. So okay. all of the base kids which were largely black and Pacific Islander would come to school and that was kind of everybody mixing together in San Clemente High School. Okay. Um, but it was mostly white and Latino. And growing up, uh, we weren't rich, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of just friends with whoever was in my neighborhood. Okay. What did your dad do? He's a house painter. So he had okay. no he had no hard skills. And then he moved to America and was like like being a waiter and stuff. And he met somebody that was painting houses who kind of taught him. And he made okay. that his career. So he's, okay. he spent his whole life doing that. Um, and yeah, he's very successful. He, he did a great job. So you, okay. Rich people love uh, having a French person do anything for them, apparently, because oh, it's a little clout, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, and um, so yeah, so ahead, I, I grew up like very, um, you know, like all my clothes were hand me downs. They were kind of like, 
Southern mm -hmm. California, white people, it's uh, there's like different kinds, but the kind I was was like long shorts, uh, wow. sk skater shoes, uh, Got it. T uh, shirts with like prints or logos or like sports, you know, okay. sideways or backwards ball caps, you know, like that kind of like the, that, like, like Jonah Hill, 90s movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but as I got older, and of course, the music I'm listening to, um, Nelly, Snoop Dogg, Ludacris, yeah. Common, Kanye, whatever, you start kind of dressing like what your the sum of the your influences, right? So like, yeah, whatever you're into, whether you're reading certain books or you're into like anime or you know whatever you're into, that's what you kind of build your 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 persona off of. So yeah. <laughs> there was a time yeah. when uh. All of a sudden, I was wearing FUBU, and all of a sudden, I, had, I don't have no waves, but all of a sudden, I was wrapping those motherfuckers up, rag on, you know what I'm saying? And nobody, I, I had nobody to teach me that oh, these things were ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to look like my heroes, you, you know. I just wanted to be that. Yeah. So I remember. Wait, walking. wait, did you ever have a do rag match with anything else that you were wearing? Fuck yeah, dude! Socks, <laughs> shoes, shorts. I would get the whole shit, and it was funny because there was little stores that would set like cater to specific people, or I would go with my buddy Laprentice to uh, a mall in Oceanside, and we would buy like chains and you know, it, this oh, was the bling bling era, so you had to have the shit even if it was fake. I had big ass like, Wu Tang pendant. I had a big A wait, pendant, no Le limit. Laprentice is black. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, okay, was, yeah. he was one of my best friends. Um, he he was hilarious. He he uh was a bass kid. And he worked at Popeye's Chicken in Oceanside. And he would just tell me all these crazy stories. And he would like come to school and we would like just fuck around. Like he was he was cool because he was authentic too. Like, yeah, he liked rap, but he also liked fucking uh Pokemon. So he would come in like trying to challenge people on the Pokemon. Oh, and like you know, he was one of those very eccentric people. And he would come in and we would like rap battle and just act stupid. Like, you remember that Snoop Dogg, the S and G and double V the double oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Z. You know, remember that song? Like, I would see him and I'd be like, L A P R N T I E double is it? Like, we, were we were nerds, bro. And like, make up verses oh, and act stupid. And that's so great. it was, I had like kind of a, a, a mixed bag of friends every race. Okay. And um, my my mom's family is actually Hell's Angels. My One of my Ooh. uncles in and out of jail my whole life, white power tattooed on his arms. Wow. So imagine. Okay. You were asking me if I had any family stuff. Yo. Imagine the time he got out of jail and he came home to like see his nephew and he walks in and Tupac's on the wall, <laughs> Jay-Z's on the wall. Sure. And he was just like, he loved me, so he didn't say anything crazy, but he was just like, wow. he's just like, these guys, huh? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you know, you're not black, right? And um, wow. it's funny because I had just read, um, uh, what's Elijah Muhammad's book? Um Oh, message to the message uh, to the black man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was yeah. reading that at the time he came home, which is really funny. So I started asking him all kind of, like, so what are you? Like, uh, are you American? Are you European? Like, what are you? Like, anyway, we just I was young and I thought I was educated, but wow. Um, he never got crazy, he never hit me, he never, you know, nothing, but he would just send jabs all the time, like, you're not black, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not your problem. Like, yeah, you know? the, I, I guess coming from his perspective, that's that was his that was his job, I guess. Yeah, that's well, yeah. Wild. He, he was trying to do to write by me, but it's funny because as he's gotten older too, I'll have conversations with him and I'll be like, listen, when someone asks you, what do you, what you are, what do you say? And then he goes, he goes white. So we talk about whiteness. And I said, well, um, where, where's our family from? And it's like, it's too many places. It's like England, Scotland, yeah, France, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ireland, Italian, all that shit. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just interesting to have these conversations with him where he's like, well, what should, what should we call ourselves? Are we European Americans? Well, none of us are from Europe. Are we yeah. Americans? 
Well, none of yeah. us are from here. Are we white? What what the fuck does that mean? So it's it mean? it's, yeah. it's yeah. interesting conversations with him. But uh, yeah, oh, that's good. That's good that y'all can rap. I mean, I think people like you um, are necessary because you know we need we need your experience to kind of educate or at the very least expose people you know who are not like you to blackness in the real way to the experience in the real way and you know even if you know you can't change their mind in one conversation but the constant reminder that hey can't say no wild shit when i'm around yeah and, and sure they don't spot you know what i mean yeah. that that kind of lets people you know, once you think like maybe I shouldn't say this, sometimes mm -hmm. that'll lead to other thoughts too. Damn, well, I wonder why he's like that. He, yeah. he grew up like I did. So, um, but it's again, I'm, I thank I'm, you for being, you know, what I'm saying for for seeing that through and you know, kind of being who you are. Go ahead. I, I feel like if more people had empathy and compassion, they could listen clearer to other people's stories and like realize where where people before were anything, you know. Like yeah, we're, yeah. we're all, we're all so fucking, we have this ego, right? Like when someone talks about like, I'm an American, so, you know, I, I can't criticize America. Well, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's like well, were you there in world war two? Did you kill a bunch of Indians? Did you enslave yeah. people? No, I mean, you're human being this here now. So we could talk uh, about injustice and change. Also, you know I mean? yeah. also, that's how this country was formed. What are you talking exactly. about? Like, you know, the country was formed because we didn't, you know, we didn't want whatever they had to offer. We was like, you know what? We finna shoot a whole bunch of people, start our own shit. <laughs> You said, wait, wait, I wasn't there, David. I, I wasn't there. Right. <laughs> right. It was like, you know what? Me and you out there, like, this is yeah, our shit. Yeah, like, I'm like, we, 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 this is our shit. Y'all did it. And it was because somebody started talking about, like, I don't like this shit. It was like, you know what? I don't either. You know what? Let's take it. Let's take it back. Yeah. So, how did you, so let's get, how did you, um, let's go straight to the religion. Like, okay. You said your, your father joined, a group like let's get into the okay. and is this the same thing as the one of the first thing you said to me was like yeah i used to be in a cult i was like oh whoa wait yeah. a minute so let's work let's let's shoot towards that one okay so um yeah growing up my brother and i we, we didn't have religion in our house at all um we didn't talk about god we didn't talk about anything you know we're both named after greek gods my name is eris greek god of war his his name is Jove. His middle name is Apollo. So we were we read a lot of history and mythology and stuff like that. And um, you know, we were the kids that like when I would go to a like somewhere and I'd see a cross on the wall. You know, there's this episode of Malcolm in the Middle where Dewey has to go to Christian school and he's like, "What does that T mean?" And I was that kid. Like I had no idea, Hilarious. none of it. So one day, my dad's like, "It's like a random Sunday," and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna go to church." Me and my brother are like, "What the fuck? Are you talking? We're gonna go to what?" He's wow. like, yeah, we'll go to church. And we we're like, no, we don't want to go. And he was like, all right. Like every other 90s kid, he knew exactly what to do. I'll buy you McDonald's. And we we're like, oh, all right, I'm in. I'm That's dead. it. Ching, ching. Come on. Come so on. we go to church and I have no idea what church is supposed to be. But we go to a house and this house is all Asian and white people. It's like a house house, like where people live. And uh, Asian and white people. And I didn't grow up around Asian people at all. So I don't know anything about Asian culture. And they uh they like sing a bunch of songs on guitars, and then they like they had like a slideshow, which was kind of a sermon. It was just mm. nothing that like in my mind what a church is, you know, like a big building and fucking dudes. So, and I mean, if you can remember, what are you thinking at the time? I was thinking, what the fuck am I doing here? Mm. I I just felt I felt like I this place isn't for me. 
but everyone was super nice, super, you know, warm. Um, I smelled a lot of smells I'd never smelled before because like uh, a lot of the Asian women were cooking, which I would later oh, find out was Japanese and Korean foods, um, which I ate. And I was like, these are fucking awesome. Like, I, I love the food. Um, <laughs> and I would learn to love their culture later on, too, because it was such a large part of this church. But anyway, mm-hmm. the, the church that he brought us to is called the Unification Church. And um, it's categorized in America as a cult. And basically it was founded by a Korean man named Seo Moon, who uh, basically his story is that when he was young, he was, he was Christian. And he was praying on a mountaintop and Jesus came to him and said, uh, I wasn't allowed to fulfill my mission on earth. So I'm asking you to fulfill this mission. And the basic theology of the church is without getting too crazy, Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good evil, right? In the Bible, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. his idea is that it was actually symbolism and it wasn't a, a, an actual fruit. It was an illicit, uh, illicit physical relationship. So basically um, Lucifer had sex with Eve. He seduced and had sex with Eve. And then Eve had sex with Adam. And because that happened, their, their blood lineage changed from God's lineage to Satan's lineage. So humanity forever after that, after being kicked out of the garden of Eden was Whoa. Satan's lineage, not God's. And that's why the world's so fucked up and terrible the way it is. Jesus was supposed to find a bride and reestablish God's lineage on earth. He mm-hmm. failed that mission because he was crucified. So then he told Samuel Moon when he was 17 in Korea or 16, whatever. Hey, Seven wives. I need you to, to um, marry a woman and then reestablish my li- God's lineage on earth through these practices. So it was a mix of Korean folk religion and Christianity. Wow. This, this religion, kind of a hodgepodge. Wow. And his whole thing was like uh, interracial marriage marrying people from different cultures, different races, different religions to kind of like unify the world and bring everybody together. That was like his, his big idea. He's famous for like um, mass weddings. You know, if you, if you were to just Google the church, you would see Madison square garden full of people and getting married at the same time. Wow. Okay. Cause he would just choose okay. people. Like he would, he claimed he could see a person's lineage. So he would have a room full of members and be one side of women, one side of men and be like, you, 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 and then they would just get married the next day all at once. I would love to see the percentage, the statistics on the ones who got who stayed together. Well, and compare them to the world. It's interesting because the the first generation of those 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 church members who are all obviously now in their 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. they joined when they were very young. Uh, a very large portion of them did stay together because wow. they were they were true believers. They really like were not just indoctrinated. Yeah. There was in in that time there was this big push in America for spirituality. So like anti-Vietnam, uh Hare Krishnas, whatever, just people trying to find some spirituality, you know, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, there was all this like Bob Dylan. There was all this shit going on in America. And and the Moonies basically capitalized that on that and got like a very large portion of those spiritual seekers. Wow. And, And those people you know, kind of all came from fucked up families too, or different fucked mm-hmm. up situations. So when they mm-hmm. found the moons, they found somebody that could give them a framework of life. This is how you're supposed to live. You get married, you have kids. These are the rules that you follow and you'll be happy. Um, so so how long were you in? How long was your family uh, in? Well, I'll, 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 let me tell you a little bit more and then I'll- Oh, I'll, go ahead. I'll, go I'll, ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so those people had kids, right? And the promise that Reverend Moon made to those families is if they got blessed, blessed which is married in the church, 
their kids would be born without sin, which is reestablishing God's lineage on earth. So they're called second generation. All the kids that were born from the, the people that got married in Reverend Moon's church. When I was a kid and my dad brought me to the church, those are the, the kids I was meeting that I would become friends with were those second generation kids. And, um, I got really close with them over the years. I started going to church more and more and more. I went to like a summer camp and that's when I really felt like, yo, this is fucking dope. Like everyone here is so friendly and like, we like sing cheesy ass songs together and eat food. And it just felt really good to be accepted and a part of something. Right. Um, and I was learning more about like different religions, different cultures, but at the same time, I learned something about myself that I, that I didn't know because they didn't tell me at first about the first and second generation thing. And okay. in the in the unification church, if you are a second generation kid, your blood lineage is pure. So you can't marry anyone who has a dirty blood lineage or Satan's blood lineage. Oh, who it, wasn't it, of the first group that yeah. was married. Got so me. that's your boy. That was me. So mm-hmm. even in this religion, I was othered. You know what I mean? Just like I was growing up without a mom, not feeling any love, not good enough, not cool enough, not whatever. In this religion, I was othered. So, um, you know, at that point though, it was all my friends. It was my, you know, my, my, my faith. I'd, you know, gone all over the world for this church, done different things. You were like a black Mormon. Exactly. (laughs) People see you on the bike and they're like, you can ride bikes. Right. (laughs) What you doing out here? But we don't, but we don't, but we don't like, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, so anyway, so that's a lot of the people that you've met uh or we have like in common a lot of them are from that church kind of tradition or uh the periphery of it like leandre who you know yeah he was when my brother was in high school or after high school he was doing his mission trip leandre was one of the people that um, my brother's group witnessed to so like brought him to where they lived and we're like hey like can we show you this program what we got going on so leandre never like fully joined the church but that's how Mm -hmm. he knows that's how he became part of the group and that's how i know him Wow. Good Shout out to Leandre, man. This world, you know what I mean? So anyway, uh, I get older. I'm, I'm staying in the group. Um, I'm traveling. I do my my missionary trip right after high school. And that was fucking terrible because uh, I, we were always taught that God has like a suffering heart that he like he sees the world and he's so sad the way things are. And he just wants love yeah. and happiness and mm-hmm. peace. Um, but somehow this motherfucker just can't, he needs money. That's what he really needs all the time. Right, he's right. just, oh, God's pockets are just, just yeah. so we go to this, I go to this, uh, thing and, um, they want us to sell trinkets, live in a van. And, um, that's all they got us doing. It's just, just selling, selling, selling. And there's no spirituality. There's no growth. There's mm. no feeling like I'm doing God's work. You know, I'm not starving, feeding kids, uh, excuse me, feeding starving kids. I'm not, <laughs> that was fucked up. um, I'm not doing things that I feel like are like godlike things. I'm just making money. So I leave, I'm depressed. And then uh, this girl ends up getting killed on the mission trip, oh, raped man. and murdered. Oh, and for me, I thought, well, that's the end of this. Like if 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 you if this church really believes that like these are God's lineage on earth, these second generation kids, they're gonna dead this shit right away because we can't be putting people at risk, you know, like for right, money. Right. But guess what didn't stop? That. So that was kind of the beginning of my doubts. And then um, I read this book. By, How old are you at that time? I'm sorry. I was uh, 19. Okay. And, but that was just the beginning. It took yeah. me about five more years before I left. Wow. Um, okay. This book came in the out. Book, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. In this book, basically, it was one of the sons of Reverend Moon's ex-wife. 
And it was like an expose, you know, and according to the church, you're not supposed to read it because it's an apostate. She's making shit up. But in it, she just says, like, look, her sons are all wild. The family is wild. They're doing drugs, sleeping with prostitutes. But the biggest thing is she says, Reverend Moon has illegitimate children. And his teaching is basically like God's lineage on earth is the most important thing. There's nothing more important than matrimony and family. You know what I mean? Like uh, I'm the only person on earth that can hear the feel God suffering hard because he chose me to have this mission. But then he, here he is breaking his own biggest, right? biggest, you know, and what's funny is remember, I told you the most formative book in my life, Malcolm, was, Malcolm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What happened with him and Elijah Muhammad? I was thinking the same, the same thing. I was like, oh, thing. Were, yeah. So in my in my heart, I already knew what I had to do because my hero had already done the hard thing. Wow. I know what Malcolm did. He said, "You know what? I'm gonna find myself. I'm gonna find my own truth, and I'm a, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna leave this group where all my friends are, all my people are, all my foundation, my network. Which is a tough, tough, tough thing to do. Hard as fuck. And I didn't. The way I did it wasn't like him. I didn't. I'm I'm nobody. So there was no grand goodbye, no big gesture." I just slowly started distancing myself. I didn't do any pastor work. I didn't do any. So at this time, it, when you do that, how is your relationship with your father and your brother? Are they still in it? Or are they yeah. like, what's that going on? Well, literally everyone was in it but me. I didn't have anybody else leaving. What I didn't know at the time was a lot of people had doubts, but people didn't say anything because in the church, they instill um, they instill in you yeah. uh they want you to kind of police yourself. So it's a lot of shame and guilt. So Mm. nobody brings up if they're unhappy. Nobody brings up if they're questioning something. They're bringing bringing negativity into the group. They're bringing Satan. You know what I mean? Um, So I, I kind of started distancing myself. And then at the same time, I would try to have conversations with my friends and they weren't hearing that shit. But you know, a week or two later, all of a sudden they want to talk about it. Mm. And I feel like slowly organically from there, threads started coming apart. Yeah. And um, people started leaving. Um, now it's very interesting because there's a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of conversations um, about ex ex Moonies, ex church kids who wow. are kind of just going doing their own therapy, talking about what they went through. And to be to be totally candid, I'm not hating. I'm not hating on anybody's spirituality. Yeah. Uh, Unification Church gave me a lot, taught me a lot, showed me a lot of love. A lot of the people that really invested in me are there. So yeah. I don't I don't begrudge anyone their religion. I don't begrudge anyone their relationship with God. It's just not for me. Yeah. But yeah. I will never be the person that's like, burn this whole shit down. This is, you know. Right, right, right. Like, so fuck how- the founders. I can't stand the founders, but I feel like the people in it joined. The people And they had right. pure motivations and they really wanted to create a better world. And they got okay. played too. So yeah. I'm not going to, I won't judge them for that. No, you know? I get that. I get that. Yeah. And, and how, so you were out of it. Is your, is your father still around? Yeah, my father is still in it. Um, oh. It's interesting because it's some Game of Thrones shit. So Reverend Moon dies. He has a bunch of sons. One of the sons, Reverend Moon told him, hey, you're going to you're gonna be the new guy when I die. You'll be in charge now. So he dies. And then Reverend Moon's wife is like, nah, son, this is my shit. So wow. two of the sons took assets and, and church members and went and started different like sub-branches. Oh, so now there's the main church and there's two different ones. The most famous one you might know from Vice because they're fucking really crazy. The dude wears like a bullet crown. They really? they they have they like worship guns. They've incorporated the Moon Church and then like conservative really? Trumpy America. It's 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 fucking bananas like 
Wow. It just, I just look at it now and like laugh and think, what, what do you think this is? But did your brother stay in too? No. So my brother, uh, my brother, Jove, um, he's actually, he's gay. And okay. his, his journey is, is a very interesting one too, because he always knew he was, but he was told, of course, by the church, that's the worst thing you can be. Of course you can be. Et cetera, we say, can't keep this thing going if you're gay. Exactly. <laughs> Where's the next paycheck coming from? Well, little they know he'd end up being rich, but anyway. he. Uh, yeah. So he moved. He actually had a full scholarship to college in California, but he chose to move to New York and just kind of hustle there, work there so that he could go to school in New York. And at the same time, be around people that didn't know who he was so he could kind of you know, feel it out, learn, am I gay? Am I, what am I like? Okay. I'm free to, free to be me, you know? Yeah. So he, he came out to me at a certain point, which like, honestly really made me step up. Cause I was like, wow, if he can do that, like how fucking brave is he? And I can't even say how I, I feel like I need to follow my younger brother's lead right now, you know? Wow. Um, okay. So, so at this point, like he's well out of the church. He lives in New York. He's one of the biggest wedding planners in the world. Wow. Joe Meyer events. Dope. He's a regular wow. on Rachel Ray. He's been in every magazine. Like I'm Get so out. proud of him. It's crazy. He's a huge deal. Huge deal. And um it's hey, interesting. How's your relationship between you and your dad now? Well, it's it's good. Um, we try to not talk about the church because he knows how I feel. Okay. In okay, fact, yeah. he heard me on my podcast talking to some ex church members and was like, wild, embarrassed. Like, you know, I don't want to go to church and people are asking me about my son, blah, blah, blah. And I right, said, oh, right. give him my number. All right. You. Why are they talking <laughs> exactly. like they could check me if they want to check me. They don't have to talk to you. That's some oh, bitch that's shit. Tough. Talk to me. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, we just don't talk about that. We we have a good relationship. I love them. Um, okay. But it's just, it is what it is, you know? And I feel that's like, honestly, okay. everyone, whatever your road to 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 being able to stay alive is. And, right, yeah. You know, yeah. like, it is what it is. Like, if you're still here, if you're, if you haven't taken your own life, if you haven't gone yeah. down the road of some kind of demon and, you know, like that empathy and compassion. Yeah. That, yeah. At the end of the day, that's what it is, which sometimes it gets challenged when, you know, when the other side, whoever that may be, you know, is indignant about their specific, you know, part of their religion. Then mm-hmm. it's, it, it tests you and it's like, Oh, I don't want to do yeah. it. But, um, now that's a, that's a, that's a remarkable story. I mean, to be able to come out of it, you know, human beings are tribal, so we don't really want to, um, you know, to take a look around and see what all you lose, your friends, the stuff mm-hmm. that you like to do, the music you listen to, you know, we want to be communal, you know, we're tribal. So to, to look around and see the threat of that leaving us yeah. and to still make the decision anyway is, uh, is, is remarkable. So thank you. Thank man. Thank you for sharing sharing yeah. that that story and um you know uh so we're going to get to the next part of the podcast which i like to call play by ear okay. which i'm just going to give you two options and you're going to choose the option and then we're just going to keep you know i'm gonna give you two options you'll choose one right off top we'll just keep going all right gotcha so uh, listen this first one i'm gonna get disrespectful okay um Lakers eclipse. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, bro. Get the fuck out of here. Showtime, and that's on God. Showtime. Can't wait for the TV show to come out. It's going to be oh, great. It's, I'm so high, oh. dude. Hey, okay. So this next one is going to get a little harder. Okay. KB8 or KB24? Eight. 
I want the Ooh. Afro. I want, hey, I want any day, hungry boy okay. coming off the bench. I with, respect uh, that. Trying, trying to show, you know, Nick Van Axel and Eddie Jones. Nick Van Who's in the fucking house? Yeah, eight all day, bro. Eight. Hey, bro. I'm, I'm getting goosies, man. Don't start talking that Nick the Quick stuff. That's good. Yeah. Hey, and uh, let me, okay, let me get a, a side note on that one. What I felt like the, what was taking him, even before Kobe passed, what was taking him so long with the statue? Like, what's happening? I, now I, mean, I know it's some extra, statues, but, like we got fucking chick hern out there, we got Gretzky, we got Shaq, we got Caesar Chavez. Like we got oh, we got it's an obstacle there. course out there. Yeah, I think they should so. just you know how in, in like Rio de Janeiro they got that big ass Jesus on the fucking yeah. mountainside. Yeah, yes. Kobe up there, one thousand percent, one thousand percent. It's him. It's Kobe. What's more LA than Kobe and Snoop? Like was you know anyway? Just wanted yeah. to get that out there. All right. So forgive me for okay. Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. Oh, Return of the Jedi all day. All day? Oh, that was all easy. Day. Okay. I, okay. I, re- I respect Empire, but Return of the Jedi, like, Jabba's Palace was just so gangster. Okay. He, he, it's just all the 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 interesting aliens and characters. And the then yeah, yeah, yeah. Rose in there like the baddest motherfucker ever and he's like, <laughs> throws his dick on the ground and he's like, what's up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So hard. Like, yeah. so hard in the beginning of that movie. All right. So... Ninja Gaiden or Shinobi? Ooh, those were both so hard. Those were so hard. Nin- nin- Ninja Gaiden was hard as fuck. Um, I- I'm gonna go with Ninja Gaiden just because I-, I played it so much as a kid. Like, yeah, games were just different. Like, yeah, they were, they were so different. hard. You couldn't save. Like, I don't. It yeah, Ninja Ninja Gaiden for sure. All right. Um, so Wu Tang Forever or Bobby Digital? <sighs> I mean, oh, Wu Tang Forever has some joints. Bobby Digital has some joints. Like, oh, that's hard, dude. That's really hard. That's really okay. hard. Ah, uh, can can I can I X them both and do thirty six chambers? Hilarious! I knew you was gonna do that. Yeah, I, I was almost gonna give you that. One. I'm like, nah, it's too easy. Okay, we can keep it moving. Oh, okay, so many so, so a side a side one on this. So check this out. Abomatomically, full stop. Socrates philosophy. As, hold on. No, no. I know. I, I know that. Abomatomically versus as the world turns, I spread like germs. Which one? Ooh, as the world turns for sure. As the world, <laughs> like they got so many fucking bar. Like I know, no, it's scan. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like the and shit that they said, like they took yeah. it from there. Like if you were to just read Method Man's lyrics, he talks so crazy. It's like Sylvester from the fucking cat. You can't understand him sometimes. Yeah. No, but his no. his what shit. Blood like, clots. Yeah. 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 Also fucking dope, dude. Every okay. single one of them is just a superstar. Now, this last one, probably the hardest one of all. Maybe not for you. I don't know. Uh-oh. The fight for death or the dragon? Mm. <laughs> and if you don't know, these are two books uh, that Eris wrote as a, as a kid, as a kid coming up. So. How you like? <laughs> one of them, like the main character, was a dragon, and he was fucking up people with this big ass like Aladdin sword. Okay. okay. With, uh, this bandit raccoon. That how do you? Oh, because I put it on Instagram. I was like, how do you know? I know about my joints. Like I wrote those one in like fourth grade. Like how do you know? I saw I, that. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get it with this. I'm oh, with that's this. so good. I remember my uh, 
the there was like a lab teacher and she was like reading them and like critiquing people's stories. She was like, Eris, your stories are so imaginative, but everyone dies in them. And I was <laughs> like, that's life, son. Yeah, like, life, son. <laughs> what you want from me? This is like the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> yeah. Damn, so I guess, which which one? Which one you got? Gotta be the fight for death, bro. Gotta be the fight for death. Damn. So death. yeah, listen. my one of my my buddy Julian saw one of those, um, and he was like, "I gotta get the rights. I gotta. I need the rights." Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's great. Listen, Eris, you've completed this this mission, this podcast. Um, thank you so much for being on and sharing your stories. Some of that, you know, I know it may be we couldn't get into everything, but you know, maybe we had you back. We can get into some other stuff, some other some other Lakers sports, LA stuff, man. So thank you very much for this. And uh, anything you want to plug, say, do whatever. Um, well, I want to plug this podcast. My man David Ashley is a beautiful human being, funny, oh, compassionate, talented. You, um, I just all I really want to say is look, just love each other, man. Like that. That's mm. it. After the pandemic, mm. war right now, whatever, whatever. I don't give a fuck if you're a cop, if you're a gang member. I don't give a fuck if you're Japanese, Korean, in a cult, not in a cult. I don't care who the fuck you are. Yeah. Compassion, love, and empathy, and let's try to fucking build because now, this world's build. fucking hard enough by yourself. That's it. That's it. You heard him. Love one another. Um, man, you're a beautiful dude, man. I appreciate you. And uh, hey, y'all, that was Eris Meyer, and uh, that was another episode of What's Your Favorite Song? Till next time, I'm out. Wu Tang. <laughs> Diversify your investment. That was Ares Meyer. Um, good dude, man. Good conversation. I had a lot of fun. Uh, we did that some time ago, man. We, you know, uh, you know. The goal is to try and. Uh, well, I ain't gonna tell you how the sausage is made, but yeah, man. It was it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, yeah, so this next segment, good people, is I listen. The truth is, I still need your help with naming this next segment. We six weeks in now, and uh, you know it's my show, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna blame y'all for not coming through. That's it. I don't want to hear it. You know, for not coming through the Instagram page. Okay, coming to the inbox and what's your you are what's you are favorite song and suggesting some um some names for uh, for the um for the segment so right now we're just gonna call it you know useless interesting uh, music facts oh that's an awful name that is an awful name it's cool uh, we're gonna we're gonna get it together so this week's uh, uh, facts is about so, you know, since we were on the theme of Tupac, um, you know, so we know, obviously, the, the you know, a different world uh, connection, right? We, we know the connection with Jada Pinkett, who was on um, a different world, you know, in the last two seasons, pretty much. Um which you know, I think it's an underrated season, right? They were they were doing they were doing the best that they could to try and. I wonder if they were trying to bring in a new, if they were trying to spin it off, 
right? A couple other shows have done this, Scrubs and some other shows have tried to bring in a new generation. I think Saved by the Bell tried to do it. But, you know, you got, um, yeah, I wonder. I don't know. But it, was, it, it wasn't bad. I mean, there was some great, I mean, there were young actors then when you talk about um, uh, AJ, AJ Johnson, um, Karen, Melina White, Bumper, Robinson, I forgot the other young man's name, and um, who I saw on a wild episode of Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> I don't watch it, but my mom watches it, so when I went home, um, I saw him on an episode. I'm like, man, what is going on? That was, man, that was prime watching TV for people of a certain age, but Walker, Texas Ranger was terrible. Um, shout out to the fam that had to, you know, when we went over Gunny's house, we would see, see, uh, you know, you had to watch that. Um, so anyway, I'm going off on tangents, but you know, that's what I do. So, you know, the new season of, you know, the new crop of different world people, Jada Pickett is on there, right? And they even brought Tupac on. And again, we know about Jada and Tupac's, um, you know, time as youngsters they, they've been friends since forever and you know there's this famous video i don't know if you if you haven't seen it it'll be a treat to you where uh, jada pinkett and tupac a young jada pinkett and a young tupac are performing at like a mall like they're doing like a mall video with the tie-dye weird galaxy background and they're dancing and performing and rapping the song the lyrics to parents just don't understand and it's a wild video. It's a wild video. Just, to see, you know, it's ironic, really. I think that's irony, right? Um, that, you know, they would be dancing to that and, you know, all of this. I know Tupac is in his grave or in Cuba. <clears throat> Hello. Saying, uh, like, man, leave my name. Man, leave my name out your mouth. <laughs> man, leave me alone, man. But, um, you know, Tupac comes on to a different world um, as Piccolo, right? Along with Monica Calhoun, and I forgot the other, other, other bro's name, who was, who was the um, Jamaican dude from uh, Living Single that worked at Flavor Unit. Um, well, worked at Flavor, sorry. And, yeah, so he came on, you know, Jada Pinkett has the has the 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 straight laced boyfriend and then piccolo comes from the hood and they get into it you know what i mean which again you know it's kind of with mirror mirror life um art imitating life um or art art uh you know telling you what life was going to be like i guess um so but one thing I didn't know is that when Tupac got um, shot at Quad Studios, you know, the whole, that's what, I guess it, it was the main thing that caused the rift between, you know, uh, Pac and Big. Pac gets shot, you know, he's coming to record a song. He sees Little C's on the balcony. Um, Little C's is like, yo, what up, nigga, come in? You know, because uh, Puff and Biggie, they was up there recording, so Little C's calls him in. They get to the lobby. Um, and they get, you know, uh, they get robbed. Apparently, Pop Pac went for his gun, uh, 
or maybe too, you know, too late. I think they did say he fired one shot off. But Pi gets to his gun, he gets shot. Uh, they take his chains, some jewelry, whatever. He gets on the elevator. He goes anyway. Anyway, you know the whole story. So Pi gets shot. He blames Big. Pac goes to the hospital, and I guess it was the day before he got uh, he was to get uh, sentenced or something like that for for that uh, sexual assault charge. And so Pac checks himself out of the hospital and who else does he stay with but Jasmine Guy I I know I know I know apparently they were quite um, you know apparently they were quite close and um, I mean just selfishly as a guy I, mean, I don't know if Jada and Pac were more than friends, but I had the hugest crush on Jada, Jada Pinkett growing up. But just, oh God, it was disgusting. And 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 then to, I mean, no, to be associated with both of them in close quarters like that is amazing. So also, I mean, but apparently Pac was Pac was wild boy back then. He was. He had everybody. Uh, but also, I mean, they were so cool that Jasmine Guy also helped Tupac, I'm sorry, helped write Afini Shakur's autobiography. I was like, what? That was the wild, I mean, that was the wildest shit of it all to me. And um, yeah. And it's called Afini Shakur, Evolution of a Revolutionary. And uh, Jasmine Guy helped to write it. Um, It says, Afini Shakur, one of the most visible figures in the hip-hop and civil rights movement, reveals her moral and spiritual development in an innovative memoir spanning four decades. Uh, In this searing work, renowned actress and Afini's trusted friend, Jasmine Guy, reveals the evolution of a woman through a series of intimate conversations on themes such as love, death, race, drugs, politics, music, and of course, her son. Filled with startling revelations and heartbreaking truth, uh, truths, Afini's memoir is a powerful testament to the human spirit and the perseverance of the African-American people. And yeah, that, that kind of blew me away. So no song this week on, on the... Um, the useless interesting fact of the day but hopefully you found that interesting you can use it at a dinner party like you knew what you you know like you've known it forever <laughs> i love doing it i do that in a minute you know it help, helps kind of add to your lore right um so y'all look we had we had hour 15 listen you all I, i'm gonna I vow, and listen, hopefully I got you to a ride through work. Maybe I got you you through, you know, you listen to half of it on your way to work, half of it home. Um, You know, that's a lofty goal to think that you would tune in again and finish my podcast. But for those of you who are listening, and I can see, you know, I can see where you are, not what city. I can see what country you're in and the demos and how many you know, listens I'm getting. Also, we're available on iTunes now. I should have said that up front. Uh, but nonetheless, I appreciate you all. I really do. And um, so uh, we're going to end today same way we do every week um, with a quote from the great Qu-
Quincy Jones. Uh, Quincy said, let's not be so full of ourselves. Let's always leave space for God to enter the room. That's the show. Until next week. What's your favorite song? Go. Watch out for desperate lonely women, hurt your happy home.